Let me tell you about American Giant, our sponsor this half hour. Uh, Our communities uh, are important. Our people are important. You can't keep a community together without jobs and good paying jobs and jobs that mean something and give people pride in what they do. This is really the goal of American Giant. American Giant makes American clothing. They make it with American fabric, American wool, American cotton, American workers. Everything from the thread to the ink to the sewing and the cutting is all done here in America. You can buy cheaper, but you won't buy better. When there is the American Giant label, that patch means something. Buy American today. Help uh, restore our country. American-giant.com slash Glenn. That's American-giant.com slash Glenn. The radio program begins in just a moment. America is at war. I'll give you the details in 60 seconds. Sometimes when you get into the ring and life knocks you down round after round, it's like when you're living with pain. You know what that's like when you're in the middle of it. It often seems like there's no good way out. Just lay down on the mat and surrender. Listen, if you or someone you love is dealing with pain, real pain, please give Relief Factor a try. It's not a drug. It was developed by doctors, and that way it's not going to knock you out. It's all natural. Four key ingredients work with your body to fight inflammation, which is the cause of most of our pain and, quite honestly, most of our problems with disease. Give it a shot. You don't have anything to lose. Sure, 1995, the three-week quick start. They at least tell you that a million people or more have now tried Relief Factor and 70% go on to order more month after month. See if this works for you. ReliefFactor.com. ReliefFactor.com. Call 800, the number 4 Relief. 800 4 Relief. ReliefFactor.com. We are a people at war. Last night, Syria. F 16s and F 18s. The U.S. launched an airstrike on Iranian-backed militias. 
these militias have been firing rockets for several days. We have warned Iran. Twelve American soldiers have been hurt with traumatic brain injury. Iran told us yesterday before the launch that America is not safe and will feel the, quote, fire of the Islamic fury. Hamas was in Russia yesterday, meeting top levels with the Russian government. We are a world at war. Right now, we are not fully engaged with armies and navies, not yet. We may soon be at a world war, a war with the entire world in flames. But that's not the war we're fighting yet. I feel so strongly in a feeling I have never had before. This is the moment of individual choosing. We are at war with deceit and lies, confusion, chaos. This Middle Eastern thing is not over territory. It is good versus evil. And I want to make it really clear. I am not putting the United States of America in the good pile. I don't know who we are anymore. I know who we can be, who we should be, and who we need to be. But we have been fighting evil here for decades now. And we didn't realize it. And we were so fat with wealth and everything else that we allowed it to happen. Our people, our families, our churches, almost every institution has been beaten down and much of it lay in rubble. This was just the softening of the ground before the war. The war is yet to come. I was overwhelmed in the last few days of something, and I couldn't put my finger on it, and yesterday I felt we were crossing a threshold. And this is a very short window where you and your family have to wake up and choose who you and your family will be. I mean audibly choose. Let me share an essay that I read today, an op-ed. A day after Jewish college kids found it necessary to barricade themselves in a library at the center of Greenwich Village while a mob of repugnant terrorist lovers banged on locked doors trying to get at them, the message is being broadcast that on this Sabbath, Jews in Brooklyn had better remain at home, stay inside, lock the doors. A pro-Palestinian protest is scheduled for 3 p.m. Saturday in front of the Brooklyn Museum. That's a mile from 770 Eastern Parkway. That's the headquarters of the largest ultra-Orthodox sect in the world. Roughly 20,000 observant Jews live around 770 in the neighborhood called Crown Heights. Jews should definitely avoid the area. An ultra-Orthodox news site called CO Live. Security source 
has advised them, the local Jewish Self-Defense Association, to avoid the area at all costs. There's no intel at this time in which direction of the protest, in which direction it will head. Locals should be it should definitely stay away from Eastern Parkway in that area. Will the Jews of Brooklyn feel that they're at risk? And here's what they feel today. They cannot be protected. On the Sabbath, observant Jews don't use electricity or vehicles or screens, so they are locked out of information. And to pass the time on Sabbath afternoon, they do what in a way, what we used to do when there were blue laws. You'd go for a Sunday drive. They often go for a long walk, but not this weekend. As a security source said, after all, who knows which direction the mob will go? We know which direction the mob will go. Better for the Jews to stay inside. Just as it became a matter of life and death for them to stay inside in, back in 1991 in the very same neighborhood. What everybody is afraid of is a repeat of August 1991. Crown Heights that year. A three-day anti-Jewish riot followed a tragic automobile accident that took the life of a seven-year-old black child after he was hit by a car being driven by a Hasidic Jew. Not only were 38 Jews beaten... Seven Jewish-owned businesses were looted and burned to the ground. Let's go get a Jew, the mob chanted. And they did. They murdered an Australian doctoral student named Yankel Rosenbaum, stabbing him and then smashing his skull. At Cooper Union in Greenwich Village just a couple of days ago, the kids barricaded inside for their own safety saw members of the pro-terror group mob glaring at them through the glass doors and pounding on the windows. Those kids heard taunts from outside and they knew, as every Jew knows, down to their multi-millennial marrow, that any one of them at any moment could become Yankel Rosenbaum. Stay inside, bar the doors, hide. Why do you think the marchers are meeting near Crown Heights? Because they know. Their purpose isn't to call a ceasefire or to advocate for the Palestinian people. Their purpose is to make it known what October 7th made known. There will be no peace or security for any Jew anywhere in the world if they don't get their way. And God help the Jews if they do. And rather than feeling certain that the NYPD will protect them, they're learning the lesson American Jews have almost never felt the need to learn. Stay inside. Mind the mob. The monsters are here. Hide. That's what happened in 1991. For two days after the car accident, the cops did almost nothing except stand by due to the orders of a feckless and foolish mayor and his spineless police commissioner. Unless, that is, they tried to intervene to help people and were beaten themselves. More than 100 police officers were injured during this program. In the end, thousands of cops were finally committed to the effort and the riot ended. So eventually, so eventually did the feckless mayor's career. 
In 2023, three weeks after Jews in Israel were set upon by marauders who murdered 1,400 people and injured nearly three times that many. In cities all around the world, now in New York, the Jews outside Israel are under attack as never before in recent history, rather than finding themselves protected as never before. No, they must once again hide. Like Anne Frank trapped for two years in an attic because any outdoor public breath would mean capture and death. Captured anyway because someone in the house below the attic ratted the Frank family out. Stay inside. This op-ed writer says, In my 62 years of life, I have thought every day of the blessings America has been to the Jewish people, a blessing unlike any of my people have ever known. And in this city, the most Jewish city in the world outside of Israel, has been a blessing as well. But at this moment, the Jews had better hide. I cannot tell you how terrifying this is. If I were to accomplish one thing in my life, if I were to do only one thing in my career, it would be to plead with you to remember who you are, to remember that God loves all of his children. That he wants all of us back with him. Even those that are so misguided that they are shouting for the gassing of Jews. That we could somehow or another find the leaders in this country. Find the priests and the pastors and the rabbis that will actually stand together. That will inspire us to take the blows and not strike back, but to fight hatred with love, but with courage. No other story matters today. I just went through the 60, 70 stories in my show prep, and they're all so important, but no other story truly matters today. This is the one thing that could change the course of our country, change the course of our spiritual nature as a country. Everything that is important eternally is wrapped up in this op-ed I just read. Our souls and the souls of our children, the future of our civilization is at stake today. And today is the day that you must choose. It's going to be very hard to defend Israel soon. The entire world will turn on Israel. And we will be the peculiar ones.
we will be them. We will be the persecuted ones because we will be the ones that choose life. You know that we have been fighting evil because it's a culture of death and the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob invites us to choose life. Please don't dismiss this. Please. You are listening to this broadcast for a reason. Where are the millions that should stand up and protect and walk with the Hasidic Jew this weekend? Where are the pastors in the church? Are they all in the walls of their church? Or do they not understand that the church means all of us and what we do outside of those walls? You know, Poland, there were more Jews in Poland than anywhere else in the world. Warsaw was the New York. In 1939, there were 35 million people that lived in Poland. Three million, three million Jews in that population were killed by the Nazis and by some Poles who worked right alongside the Nazis. When I was there after a trip to Auschwitz, I asked the chief rabbi of Poland, there were only 7,000 people that stood out of 35 million. There were only 7,000. He looked at me and he said, I know what a miracle. Some were anti-Semitic, but most said nothing because of fear or duress and some for professional gain. So many could have done something, so many did nothing. But 7,000. Are there 7,000 within the sound of my voice today that will stand in the end and risk everything. Stand to choose life. Stand to reject evil. And just make the next right choice. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, Inflation is absolutely destroying our spending power. The dollar becomes less valuable all the time, forcing us to change the way we handle our finances. So what can you do to protect yourself and your family and get ahead? Believe it or not, it's a pretty easy one. Give American Financing a call today. And get that free mortgage review I've been telling you about for years. You could learn about custom loans that might fit your budget better. They're saving the average customer about $700 a month right now. Could that be you? Their salary-based mortgage consultants will start with a free, no-obligation savings review. And they can help uh, maybe have you close out on a cash-out finance of your home's mortgage, which could help you get a leg up on expensive, high-interest credit card debts. Those credit cards the interest rate is now 33%. That is insane. 
Call American Financing today, 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440, AmericanFinancing.net. 10 seconds, station ID. We're going to give you an update on what is happening in Syria and the Middle East and what all of that means. There was back and forth at the United Nations over the last couple of days. Um, I told you that I thought they were disturbing, but this is this is the beginning of things. It doesn't have to go into global war, but I I I feel it will. And I hope I'm wrong. I'm I'm. I know this is coming eventually. I hope this isn't it. I hope this isn't it. I hope it's not too. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it, they told us yesterday that this has no relation to what's going on with Israel and Gaza, the, the whole Syria stuff. I mean, we're, we should be, we're totally fine. It's totally separate. There's a big piece of plexiglass. It's like with COVID. You know how the COVID couldn't pass above or below the plexiglass? Yeah. That's what it is with this war. Oh, There's I feel better now. There's a big piece of plexiglass between uh, Israel and Syria. Okay. And the fact that we are in the middle of something going on, this little skirmish in Syria, has no relation to this and will not evolve to well, a larger conflict. So we're cool. Well, now these were Iranian militias and Hamas is controlled and paid for by Iran. Yeah, but and they didn't see the plexiglass coming. Iran. You know, they, they built this whole war machine and then they're like, ah, it looked clear. So it's Israel not. has a an iron dome, but we we have a sheet of plexiglass. <laughs> it's a bit. Doesn't it, don't it feel do like that? <laughs> yeah, that is what it feels like. I, I mean, can it, they really did say that though yesterday? Not the plexiglass part, yeah. but the but the it's no relation, no relation to what's going on in the Middle East. This is a totally separate thing, and it's like, well, is it? No, it's really not. It's not really it's separate, really not. is it? They, I mean, you can think that, but that's not what they think. And look, I give some grace to the government in these situations to not tell us exactly what they think is going on because they don't want to inflame things. Yeah, but I agree I, I mean, with we're that. We're not idiots. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I, I agree with that. But they seem to have told everybody everything for the last two years. Oh, yeah. Hey, by the way, we're training. Uh, <laughs> we're training people to go in and kill and execute the Russians. We got the CIA <laughs> over there. And then this has nothing to do with anything. Mm. Here, here's another pallet of cash. At least Joe Biden's there to make sure that oh this God. doesn't spiral out of control. Stop. I think we're going to be fine. Stop. Stop. <laughs> Am I making Stop. you feel better or Stop. worse? Stop. <laughs> the Glenn Beck Program. Cheryl wrote in about her dog's experience with Rough Green. She says, I was actually skeptical that this would have any effect on my dogs, but the difference is unbelievable. I ordered this when my 11-year-old dog had surgery and wasn't doing well. Within a week's time, she was playing like a pup. I'm totally amazed how much better both of my dogs have been and become. Thank you, Rough Greens. Cheryl, thanks for writing in and trying out Rough Greens with your dog. I'm glad that they, uh, they love it. It's not a dog food. It's a supplement. You know, your, how, you know how your wife says, you got to have a salad. Oh. That's because she knows that the green stuff is alive and we're supposed to have green stuff. Same with your dog. Brown food is dead food. You want the greens. That's what this is. This is like a salad without forcing your dog to eat a salad. I mean, if you could 
pulverize a salad and make it taste like ice cream and sprinkle it on my food, I'd be good too. The folks at Rough Greens would like to give you a first trial bag for free. It's roughgreens.com slash Beck. Roughgreens.com slash Beck or call 833-GLENN-33. Do it now. And go to blazetv.com slash Glenn now and subscribe. Use the code Glenn Plus and you'll save 36 bucks off your subscription. We're going to give you the latest on the military front. Uh, We hit Syria last night. That is something that uh, Iran said, if we do, we would feel the fire of the Islamic fury, yada, yada, yada. We'll give you that coming up in just a few minutes. Uh, In synagogues all over the world today, um, as the sun goes down, they're going to hear the story of Abraham from when you know, he hears God's call to the covenant of circumcision. And that one, I don't just, I don't really want to dwell on, but especially if he was an old man. But what they're going to hear today is the story of Abraham called to leave his home, his land, his father's house for the land that God's going to show him and promise to give his de- descendants, Israel who will be as numerous as the stars in heaven. Now, let's just remember, this is an invisible God that's talking to him. And at the time, Abraham is already really old and doesn't have a child. So these are not small promises, but off Abraham goes and the rest is history. So what is the first lesson that we can gain from this? The first lesson is heed your promptings. It pays off for you and more importantly for your children. It may be, no, it will be uncomfortable, even unsafe. Abraham went, I mean, promise of God. He faces famine, violence, chaos, war. His family goes through serious dysfunctions around birth and the fate of his first son, Ishmael, the ancestor of the Arabs. And then... You know, as insult upon injury, when he finally gets the son he's promised, he's asked to go up to a mountain and sacrifice him. That's a different story. But but Abraham sticks to it and God keeps his promises. Hearing our promptings is difficult because we are such a noisy people. The noise of our daily lives and the inner noise in our own heads and hearts And when we hear those promptings, God's usually asking for things that you're like, oh, crap, come on. Uncomfortable, inconvenient things. And that only happens because if we wanted to do it, we don't need any prompting. But if we stay with him and stand with him, we do our part. God keeps his promises. The story also has lessons about character in it. That are very much for our times. You know, the figures in the Bible, you know, it's true because, I mean, if the Israelites would have just made all of this stuff, they would have made all the heroes look better. There's a lot of heroes that you're like, wow, you're kind of a flawed dude. They're meant to serve as models for us, each in a particular way, with some character trait for us to emulate. That's why we have heroes, leaders, warriors, intellectuals, men of God, sports figures, anybody Somebody we want to be more like. And Abraham is no exception. For one, I mean, his parenting skills are, I mean, a little questionable. 
not only not only is that on the good side, he teaches us something about courage, not only leaving everything he knows in some vague promise from an invisible God. But he's also a man of peace, and he goes to considerable links for peace with local lords. This is the original Abrahamic um, uh, Abrahamic uh, Accords. He's separated from his nephew Lot, whose ranching business is treading on its own. He gives Lot first choice of the land. He's willing to give up the best ground for the sake of peace with Lot. However, when war breaks out between various local kings, Lot's kidnapped, abducted, and Abraham makes allies of his own and goes off to war. So the man of peace knows that sometimes you need to stand up for your own and face what can no longer be tolerated. And he goes and he rescues Lot. And he refuses to take any of the booty and the spoils for himself. And that is notable back then. As another book would say, there's a time for peace, but there's also a time for war. A time where the long train of usurpations can no longer be tolerated. When the evil is too great or the threat becomes too existential. There is a time for wars of independence. For civil wars, world wars, and nobody wants those times, but those times come. And then it is our choice what to do in that time with our own time. Who will we become? They come and they need to be recognized and faced when they do. All of that takes uh, conviction and mental and moral clarity and courage. In the last story, Abraham teaches us a lesson about founding and refounding, about covenants. Abraham sets out on a promise from God. He makes a personal alliance with God, a personal covenant. And that covenant is kept in sight by the means of worship, animal sacrifice at the time. Everywhere Abraham goes, he builds an altar to the Lord. But by the time it's all said and done, and Abraham has grown personally and materially he's finally ready for isaac to be born that covenant needs to be renewed and expanded the physical expression of that covenant was circumcision circumcision ow the covenant is now a familial covenant because it's passed on to every son so the thing to learn here is that covenants are not one-off They're not fire and forget devices. Abraham was getting the scheduled upgrade, but in the Bible as well in his his history, we also see over and over again that with passing time, man will grow too comfortable, too satisfied with himself and his station, and he'll forget. He'll grow unthankful, ungrateful. He'll take things for granted, and then he has to be reminded in the covenant renewed. The first generation founds, The second maybe continues to build. The third enjoys the fruits and grows complacent. And by the time you get to the fourth, you're usually taking things so much for granted that you don't mind taking an ax to the roots of the tree that actually feeds you, whose whose fruits you think everyone has always had and can never be taken away or lost. Because you've long forgotten gratitude. By that time, you've long forgotten What is not watchfully maintained will inevitably decay. And that the alternative to freedom is servitude. The alternative to Zion is Auschwitz.
That's America and today's Israel. We are facing servitude. They are facing Auschwitz. Covenants matter. They need to be maintained and they have to be renewed. In American history, this chain goes from the pilgrims to George Washington, to great awakenings to Abraham Lincoln, and now the urgent need to renew our covenant again. Please join us on our our search to find people who will turn their face back to God and renew the covenant. You can find information on this at glenbeck.com. There is a, a daily guide that will help you prepare because covenants, like circumcision, uh, you know, is a kind of a big deal. Now, we're not going to be cutting anybody, um, but on the week before Thanksgiving, we are going to make a covenant, and God will not be mocked. Maybe after the Hamas war, Israel can give this a close look and refound itself and renew its covenant with God. But I think it's our turn. We must do it now as well. Find out all of the information at glenbeck.com. When you go into the grocery store to buy food for yourself and your family, what's the first thing you look at when you get to the meat aisle? Yeah, I try to look over the cereal aisle. Meat aisle, look away, look away. You look at the price, the sell-by date. You look for what is just about to go bad so you can afford it. Here's what uh, I want to talk to you about with good ranchers. 85% of the grass-fed beef is imported from overseas. Why? Why? Because our government is doing everything they can to put our ranchers out of business. Why is our meat so expensive? Because we're putting our ranchers out of business. That's why. Good ranchers, they source all of their high-quality beef and chicken and pork and fish from local farms, ranches, and fisheries. For every box ordered, Good Ranchers also donates 10 meals to Americans in need. That's over a million meals so far. So you can do good while you eat good. Don't settle for less than the best meats. Don't settle for the meat that's been raised overseas. And by the way... You'll get $25 off of any box. You'll do some serious good for yourself, your family, and others by having American meat delivered to your door. From GoodRanchers.com. Use the promo code BECK for $25 off at GoodRanchers.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. I want you to imagine yourself walking confidently into a shooting range, uh, raising your gun, aiming it at the target in front of you, and then not hitting the wall three feet to the left of it. Uh, that might seem a little bit crazy because, I don't know, you don't have zillions of dollars to go to the range every day. You might not be in good practice. But you can be an accurate marksman or a markswoman. Uh, how can you do that? Well, the iTarget Cube. The iTarget Cube is a fully uh, compatible um, with your laser bullets uh, item that basically helps you track your shots and helps you practice in the comfort of your own home with your real gun. This isn't like, you know, duck hunt from back in the day. 
Um, you can buy one, you can upgrade to a three pack with your truly unique uh, sort of training experience that you can put together. And you can practice random shooting drills, clearing drills, or random mode. And you can test your ability to react all while the system times every shot that you make with these really cool laser bullets. You can practice alone, you can compete with friends, and you know the system works with your home's Wi-Fi, so it's easy to set up. You can place cubes really wherever you want in your home and practice self-defense scenarios safely without the expense and inconvenience and the cost of going to the shooting range. If you want all the benefits of staying in practice, none of the drawbacks, you need iTarget Pro. You can save 10% right now with free shipping with the code BLAZE10 at itargetpro.com, code BLAZE10, itargetpro.com. Well, it is uh, Friday. Welcome to Friday. Thank you so much for listening. Um, any plans this weekend, Stu? Anything? It's a great question, and it's not one I've put one ounce of thought into, Glenn. I have uh, no idea what's coming up tomorrow. I'm thinking about going to Arizona to a NASCAR race next week. Really? You want to come? Uh, yeah. Be, I've never actually been to a NASCAR race. In my oh, you All the sporting lived. events I've oh, been to. Oh, you haven't lived until you've been. You haven't lived until you've been <laughs> to NASCAR races. Uh, the NASCAR race is is great fun. Great fun. I, I bet it is. Yeah. Uh, I've never. That's one of those things I've never done. Yeah. And I would love to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely interested. I have to I have to see what's going on, of course, with the schedule. Uh, I may have to wash my hair, so dry no my hair. You might. I may so, in other words, you have to check with... <laughs> The boss. Yeah, like legitimately, yeah. I have no idea what is coming up tomorrow. Yeah, in my life. Yeah, not one ounce. Of, uh, just I. It's next event. Me I go too. home and I find out where I'm going next. That's exactly. That's how I live. <laughs> it's incredible. I live that way too. And it's like some days I walk up like yesterday. Got home and I said, "Okay, what what are we doing?" And she's like, "Nothing." And I was like, "Oh, thank God." Yeah, like it's a it's <laughs> an amazing. It's a, yeah. Wow, really? Yeah. And what? then she'll be like. We have to go to that dinner with, oh, no. I get the thing where I kept home and, and I'm like, she's like, oh, no, we don't have anything going on tonight. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is great. What, what should I do? And I'm thinking of all these exciting things I might want to do that I've wanted to do for a while. And I'm like, actually, I should check my to-do list because I, I know it's been building up. And then I, that's all I do. You just sit there and just knock things off this long, la everlasting task list I know. that I have. I've been trying to learn how to play the piano. Yeah, and, this is an it's a yeah. fascinating thing with you. Yeah, I've been trying to learn the piano because I it's hard. Yeah, yeah, it's really hard. That. Yeah, well, it's here's a, the hard part, keys. and I know that uh, you know only twenty percent of the people that set out to learn the uh, piano actually learn the piano. They mm -hmm. just get frustrated and they quit, and it's because you don't take the time. You know what I mean? And uh, I'm still painting. And then I'm still doing everything else in my life. And, you know, my children are always on fire. And uh, and I come home and I'm so tired. And then my wife says, we have to go to. OK. And uh, so I just I haven't spent any time. And that piano is screaming at me. I walk by it every day. and It's like, loser, loser. You're never going to play me because you won't spend the time. <laughs> and I'm like, every time I walk by it, I'm like. Okay, I got to make time. And I never make time. And you never make time. Never it's, make time. I that may end that may end uh in an axe fight with the piano. Yeah. <laughs> it just might. Cuz every time it really does it speaks to me. Oh, no time for me, huh? Mm. Is it partially and this is I think something I realized very recently. Is it partially that you're a man of a certain age? And a man of what? a certain age. Yes. It's just hard to do those things that you're when you're going from scratch. 
Like when you're learning a totally no. new skill, you just, it's so much heavy lifting at the beginning and you're so crappy at it at the beginning. Like that, it's just, I don't know. You just feel like, why don't I just do something I'm already good at? <laughs> That's how I, I come to that a lot. And I mean myself. See, the only way I ever feel really useless is when something happens to the TV or the internet. Yeah. Then you're like, I don't, ha- I don't, ha- I have no idea. I have no idea. And when your children get older and they move out, there's no one to help you get the TV. You just try to turn on the TV. It doesn't work. And then you sit there for a while, look at everything, try to remember what somebody did at some point. And you're like, okay, well, maybe I'll sell the TV. I mean, you just, yeah. uh, there's oh, nothing. No, there's yeah. nothing. Just, no burnt, just, just, you know, just light it on fire yeah. and just hope that someone eventually comes and puts it out. Yeah. I have a friend who's a big technology geek. Mm-hmm. And he like, you know, he'll help me with stuff mm-hmm. and I'll be like, Hey, you know, uh, you should try this. And so I have like, you know, I have the, the, this password manager that I have. Oh yeah. And you know, you, you, I had the same one for multiple years and then something happened with it. So I had to switch and you know, you go into this new one and of course I don't know how to use it. I can never get it to work. It asked me I for don't. 9 million other passwords that I don't have. The passwords are in you. It's inside of you. Yeah. Inspire yourself. It's within you. Put the, your own <laughs> password in. I swear it's there. And I go through this whole thing. I finally learn and I find, and he's the type of person that like three weeks later, I'd be like, oh, I was just do. I just signed up to this new password manager. You got to try this one now. It's like, no, this was a once in a lifetime switch. I don't ever want to learn another password manager in my entire life. I'm going to I'm going to confess I'm going to confess something. You know how much I read. Yeah. Right? I read a lot. You are mm-hmm. vociferous. In the last 6 months, Amazon has been asking me for my password. <laughs> I have no idea what it is. <laughs> I have been reading free books that I'm really not that interested in for six months because I'm just like, I don't know what the damn password is. I have no idea. And I'm not going to go through and put a new credit card in and all that stuff. So I just need to put a new credit card in. I'm reading garbage. I'm reading garbage. Six months of garbage because you can't find your password. Yeah, I'm (laughs) I'm reading stuff I'm barely interested in. Yeah, I I actually, I had a... they had one of those Amazon deal days one day, yeah. and I was just like, they had like one of the one of their own tablets, the Amazon branded tablets, and it was really cheap, you know. So I'm like, I bought it, and I was like, well, let me just play with this thing. I've never, you know, used one of these before, and I got it, and I put it in, and then one day I turned it on, and it wouldn't give me, I couldn't get the Amazon password to work, and it's just been sitting there now for <laughs> months, and just, I keep charging it, I thinking I'm gonna put it in, and it just runs out of battery yep. over and over again. Yep. That's I just, yep, that's the way it is. That's the way it is. I'll never read a book outside of a library ever again. <laughs> if Glenn's philosophy starts changing to liberalism here in the next few weeks, you know why. You'll know it's the free book. <laughs> the Glenn Beck Program.